0: Hey, everyone. It's Amber here, and I just wanted to give a little heads up about some of the discussion that happens during this particular episode of the show. My guest and I do start talking about self-harm and mental health and um, other aspects that have to do with suicide prevention and moments that could be triggery. So I Just wanted to let you know way up front, in case you don't want to hear the show at all, but it's all a discussion in a really positive light because of things that she got involved with, and um, just other talk about losing people, like pop culture icons like Robin Williams, to things like uh, suicide or drug overdoses and things like that. So I just wanted to, to put that up front. So thanks for listening. Now let's get on with the show. Vodka, 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 Vodka Vodka O'Clock Hello everyone, it's Amber Love and you're listening to Vodka O'Clock Podcast from AmberUnmasked.com. And don't forget that if you've been a fan of the show or maybe this is your first time listening If you like what you hear, you can go to Patreon.com slash Unmasked and pledge as little as a dollar per week so uh whether that's per podcast or per something that I write up on the blog or a video log or something like that. Um, I've been uh getting, like, several content pieces out per week, but only charging for one. So no matter how much I put up a week, nobody will ever be charged more than one week's, you know, one item's worth. So that explains Patreon, I hope. If you have any questions, let me know. So joining me today, this is, like, Two years. <laughs> in. I can't believe this is happening. Natalie is here. Natalie, is he pronounce your last name Heist or Hase? It's Hoist. Hoist. I'm not even close. No, nobody ever
1: is, and it's amazing because they still say Hughes at my kid's school, and the girls will still look at him and be like, "It's Hoist."
0: Oh my gosh.
1: I don't even. It's it's not even a name that I, I kept it because of the kids. When I got divorced, I'm like, "Eh, call me whatever." <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So we've been trying to schedule the beginning for like two years or more um, because it was before you opened your shop. And that's what we want to talk about, you know, today and everything else. So it's been forever and it's finally happened. And your uber dork cafe that you have founded has finally opened. It has.
1: It, in fact, uh, on Monday, it'll be a year since we signed the lease. See,
0: This is awesome. <laughs> Well, and it's Monday when this is going to air, so. Oh, perf- there
1: you go. It will be the perf- anniversary perf- release signing.
0: So um you, so, so you're hailing from like the Milwaukee area, so if people are interested when they hear about this incredible cafe and shop, um, if you're in that area, that's where you can look this up. Yes. Uh, so, Uber Dork Cafe. Now, this was a brainchild I remember from years ago, he said, "I want to do this. I I need something to do with my kids." And the reason that I am going to be doing a lot of like mommy talking this episode is not because Natalie's a woman and she's a guest. I'm doing it because she blogs all the time about parenting. So just to just to clear that up, because I do ask my male guests if I know they talk about their children, I will ask them. So so where you know where did uber dork cafe spring from
1: it sprang from from two different points um the first point was being a single mom and having really geeky and creative kids that like to learn and to create things and being in wisconsin during the winter um and getting cabin fever and wanting to just go hang out with my kids somewhere and not finding a place where we really felt we fit in most of the independent coffee shops are geared toward you know college age and up artists um and just finding places that are kid gen like friendly in general usually have you know bouncy balls and our chucky sleeves and we're just we're not those people so it was really hard and uh i started thinking if you know i can't be the only one that's trying to find some place where i can go hang out with my kids and they can make something or you know we can feel more at home um, and then one day, it was actually um, right before Free Comic Book Day, there's a strip mall here in Milwaukee that is amazing that has a comic shop slash anime shop called Lost World of Wonders, and it has this amazing shop called American Science and Surplus, which um, Bonnie Burton is in love with. <laughs> it's funny. The website is amazing. You should go check it out. But the fact that we have an actual store here is 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 crazy they have like all kinds of leftovers and rejects it's like the island of misfit toys for makers because um, they have silent they have science stuff there they don't carry actual chemicals but you can get like earl meyer flasks and microscopes and slides and all that stuff and then like 90 kinds of tape and you know like crazy signs for everything and it's just you have to like really experience it but there's like an empty spot in that mall and i did a blog post about how that strip mall like if it had a bookstore coffee shop art store kind of thing on that end that i would just park a trailer in the parking lot and we'd live there and one of my friends said hey you know that that spot is actually open and for rent so you should open an Uber Dork cafe and so during free comic book day i went to that lost world of wonders and I peeked in the window of the place that was open, and I went for coffee, and I was by myself, and I was sitting outside, and I was like, can I actually make this happen? And I wrote it all out and went, I think this would work. I might be crazy, but I think this would work. And that's pretty much how it, it was born.
0: And it's been a journey. It's been an amazing journey. It wasn't overnight. No, 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 not at all.
1: We thought, we thought, and then
0: yeah I think that's a lot of people. I know me in particular. I have like no patience, and I work at that. like when I'm being patient with another human being <laughs> work. um, I am way more patient with with humans, I think than I am like with technology. like this morning, my computer problems were just they were up my ass. like I could not stand what was going on. and I just had to walk away. I'm like, you know what? It's just gonna keep spinning and spinning and spinning and not responding, and I'm gonna go make my coffee and when <laughs> I come back, then I'm gonna see how this bitch is doing. <laughs> I sat down and things seemed to be working. So did you
1: yell at it? Because I will yell at my and I'll be like, I'm going to get my coffee, and when I get back, you're in trouble.
0: <laughs> yeah, I usually, uh, well, it's usually like a, a muttering kind of. It's not so like, like then I find my phone so I can at least tweet. Um. You know, because then I can just tweet my frustrations like, God damn you, Comcast, why isn't this working? Um, so I, uh, you know, so knowing that you started with this idea and I know I know how long it takes me in a creative process. Like it, it took me a year to write a novel, for example, because it only took me six weeks to write and then took me all of those months to go through and edit and, you know, send it to people and wait for feedback and, and things like that. So here you were starting a business, which is like this giant responsibility you and your community to think about. That's one of the other cool things about you is how you, you are always thinking selflessly and thinking of, of the, your impact on it. So is this something that you think that you've always been this way or was this like a learning process that you came to to just have patience?
1: Um. Actually, I think it's something that's always kind of been with me. Um, my entire life, like even at kindergarten, I had this like innate desire to fight for the underdog and protect them. Like kindergarten the first week was rough because uh, at recess, there was a bunch of special ed kids out there, and they had a really good special ed program at my elementary school. And uh, But they were pretty much back then, they kind of quarantined them. Um, and the only time you kind of encountered them was, at recess and this was the first time that I'd ever you know come across a whole group of kids that were obviously different on some level and I saw these older kids like picking on them and that just didn't seem right so I just marched my little five-year-old actually yeah five-year-old self up there and I was like you should probably not be doing that and I asked very nicely for them to stop and like this kid not only didn't stop but then yelled at me so I punched him (laughs) which is maybe not the best choice to handle things but in my head, it was, and all week long, that was my reaction. Like every recess, I would go stand by those kids and and yell at anybody that would pick on them because I didn't think it was fair. And my mom was a trooper about it because the principal kept calling my mom, and being like, "Your kid keeps, you know, like socking fifth grade boys." And my mom's like, "Well, why is she doing that?" And and she's like, "Where's the teacher? And why is nobody out there with these kids so that my 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 little one doesn't have to like police them?" Um, and I've always just, you know, I went, I taught special ed art, even in high school, I would go over on my, at my recess and, and help the art teacher at the elementary school. And I pretty much went into, you know, art therapy and, and things like that. So I guess it's just always kind of been in me. And I was, fortunately, I was brought up with parents too, that, I mean, for, All the the ups and downs and the flaws, um, the one thing that they instilled in me was that, you know, you help other people. If you see somebody that needs help, you help them. So I guess it's just kind of been with me all my life. It's just kind of who I am. Like, I've always been that that mom, that giver, that protector, that, you know, you need a shirt here. You can have mine. No, that's okay. I'll just walk around in my bra. It's fine. So
0: this has been just... Who you are as a character, your character traits, your personality traits—you know—from the beginning, not just something like, "Oh, once you had kids, you suddenly like were awakened." No, <laughs>
1: kids, kids definitely instill it even more. Kids put you on check in terms of um, how you, how you—you you have to, you have to definitely walk the walk that you're talking with kids, because they'll call you on it. They'll be like, my kids will still be like, Mom, you just said the F word. And there's times where I've had stellar parenting where I'm like, I'm an adult. I can say fuck if I want to. And then they'll be like, no, you can't. I'll be like, really? Fuckity fuck, 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 fuck. And I'll make an entire fuck song, which is not the best moment of momming, but there's times where like my kids will call me and check on stuff. So I better follow through with the things I'm going to say that I'm going to do. And if I say that this is what I believe, I darn sure better, like, Follow through on then, or my kids will call me on it on a second because they have zero filter.
0: <laughs> this is me. I'm like, I have to like mute my microphone because <laughs> okay. um, so how how old are the kids now?
1: Uh Grace will be eleven at the end of August, and Haley is nine and a half.
0: Okay, so is there has there been an age that seemed easier? No,
1: I don't think so.
0: Because um, just every age that I think of, I'm like, oh, but then they get into doing this. Oh, but then they get into, like, but then they get into second grade, and they're, like, so much more independent. And it's like, I can't even think of an age that would feel like you actually have control as a parent. Like, I just, I just feel like there's no control.
1: There isn't. Um, and if there was just one of them, I could probably pick out an easier age. Like, Haley was a really great baby that slept and, and did all the things that were, like, easy on mom. But then I had Grace, who was, like, super clingy and always had to be by me. So I've always had – there's always been a balance. So if one had a good age, the other one was not at that <laughs> good age. All I know is I just need to be able to run faster than the both of them at any given point.
0: <laughs> so how do they get along with each other? Because I, I, sisters, to me, sounds harder than than if they, if you had like one of each, maybe, or they,
1: they actually, they, they love, love, love each other. Like it's amazing, but you know, they do fight over stupid stuff, but it, it never lasts long. So we say there's a fine line between a hug and a headlock in our house, Um and, and it's pretty true. I mean, they'll just start fighting over random stuff because they're getting to that age where they've got hormones and they're, you know, growing. And, like, Grace starts middle school, which I'm a nervous wreck over. She seems fine about. But there's, there was one day where I was like, they need to make preteen pampering for both of you.
0: They probably do. Yeah, it just-
1: so, and then, you know, and Haley's like, even though they're 15 months apart, they're two grades apart, which is kind of a hard thing. And then they have a half-sister who's only four at their dad's house. So Haley goes from being the baby at home to being like the middle kid over there. And so she's kind of a hot mess sometimes when it comes to that. So there's, there's dynamics in there, but ultimately, um, like, don't, don't ever mess with one of them, cause the other one will. Will step step to you, and Haley's Haley's the worst because Haley's the I'll punch first and ask questions later. Like you made my sister cry, womp. Um, and Grace is the now what now what happened? Oh, you did this, womp. <laughs> so it's there's no winning when you mess with one of them because the other one will come up no matter how much you know. They could have just gotten in a fight over you know something really small or stupid, but they always have each other's back. Well,
0: among the many cool things that. You- do. One of the things that, um, like I mentioned that they're, that they're sisters, um, but one of the cool things that I know from just, you know, following you on Facebook and Twitter and everything um, is how open-minded you are and how you teach them about, you know, gender and sexuality and stuff, about, you know, gay issues, where it's just sort of like you turn it into a non-issue. Right. And, to, to learn that at such a young age where it's just life, I, I imagine, is, like, completely different than, like, how some of the rest of us grow up. Yeah.
1: Um, and I've taken – I've gotten so much slack from so many moms um, because of how open I've been. But the thing is, is that me being me, I mean, I have friends that are of every spectrum imaginable. And we love our friends. They're part of our family. So I can't, you know, so when they ask me questions like, you know, why is so-and-so kissing so-and-so, you know, you you give them an answer. Um, To the point where when Grace went through the whole talk at school, um, it was really cute because I I knew they were having the talk, but I I didn't know they were going to come out the gate right away with, like, This is your body, and you're going to bleed. Um, So I picked her up, and I get in the car, and she starts sobbing hysterically to the point where I pull over, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what happened? And she was so freaked out because they weren't clear, and she's very – she has this touch of Spock in her where she takes things very, very literally. So because they hadn't gotten to sex, she was pretty much convinced that as soon as she got her period, she could just randomly become pregnant at any point in time. And she's like, I'm not, they say that at 10, you can get your period. I'm not ready for kids. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> so then they had the next day with sex ed. So I sat them both down and I'm like, all right, you know, I've avoided it. Here we go. Any questions you have about sex that you do not know, you know, I explained the basics of it. And then Haley, who was younger, because they didn't both at once, because it was inevitable. You can't separate them because one's going to talk. Um, Haley's first question to me was, when a boy um, is born a boy, but he gender identifies as a girl, what is that operation like? And I'm like, um, there's some origami involved, and it's a really big commitment, and I'm not entirely certain on the process, but I know that they kind of flip the part into the girl. I will have to look that up for you, but you are not allowed to Google it because you will see things you cannot unsee. Um, and I had so many parents just, like, bash me for the fact that I even – that she even knew to ask that question. And I'm like, you know what? You can parent the way you want to parent. I'm fine. I'm comfortable with the fact that my kids know that and that they know that no matter what they come home, looking like, acting like, or loving, or who they identify as, that they are going to have that love for me no matter what. Because you never know. You never know what is lurking inside your kid that they don't talk about or that they don't understand. So to start out their lives, not talking about everything or degrading certain aspects of a personality, you never know what you're, I mean, that, that could be like silencing the voice inside of them.
0: You know, and it's one of those things where, um, I mean, in our household, it was different. Like maybe uh, the only time we ever saw anything transgender, it wasn't even called that. They didn't even have, you know, have that word and understanding um, because it was probably still even listed as a mental illness in the, you know, like the DSM and stuff. But, um, you know, it was just like men who wore dresses, like cross dressers, or even if they felt like a woman, you explained it as men who feel like women and it was almost never ever heard in the other way. If women felt like men, then it was more like, well, she's just butch right? or she's, the tomboy or so, like it, there was just this like it just didn't seem understood and it's like but you can you know now there's so much more information and people speaking out about about this and how oh no you can you know identify 100 percent as female and still be a tomboy like that doesn't make <laughs> you something else just because you have short hair or you like boy things and I know that's that's one of your other issues is like you know boy toys and girl toys and what crap it is because i know you're a big star wars nerd so
1: definitely i didn't have and i couldn't have that stuff when i was a kid like i was allowed to have not even see now chewbacca is my boy but i couldn't even have a chewbacca i could only have ewoks and i'm like that's not even right i wanted an at at even though i'm a rebel girl because i thought they were fun i wanted the millennium falcon i wanted all those things i couldn't have them because those were I would get strawberry shortcake towels. I'm like, that's, that's not what I wanted. So um, I Grace's third birthday, she has, she wanted a tool set so badly. So she got a whole Fisher Pricey workbench and toolkit because that's what she wanted. She wanted to build things. And that's just how I've always kind of been on that. It's not, I don't understand how, like, to me, a toy is a toy. It's not a boy toy. It's not a girl toy. It's not, it, it should not be, it should just be a toy. Things should not be that difficult.
0: I think that was one thing where um because I, I had a brother that it was probably a little bit easier because the toys were just going to be in the house. So it wasn't like I had to ask for boy toys. But um I loved, loved, loved uh like Matchbox cars. Nice. Yeah. And, you know, so it was just one of those things. And it was mostly like I, I think it was things like the art of it, like looking at the different colors and the cool designs and stuff like that. So I can remember like all these like just oddball times shopping with my my grandparents and I wanted Barbies, but I also wanted Star Wars toys and I wanted matchbox cars and it was just stuff that was going to be in the house anyway. So <laughs> it's not like, not like there was, I think the I think the most gender specific thing was because when I wanted to play with Barbies, I wanted my brother to play with me because I didn't have anybody else to play with. Mm-hmm. So he was forced to, <laughs> you know, who knows? Maybe it made him a more compassionate individual. I don't know. But um, there's a great webcomic about that where, uh, you know, it has like a stick figure dude yelling at another stick figure dude whose who's kid is playing with a doll. And he's, he's like, God, you let your son play with a doll? And he's like, why? He's like, what are you afraid he's going to turn into? A caring father? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that is one of the best cartoons ever. Exactly so do you um because the the cafe i want you to describe the cafe and you have you know like i said you've got this openness and um there's gonna be kids around so you're gonna also have parents around and stuff i mean it's been a year so uh, you know have you had any big setbacks with with people i know you had issues with like somebody sharing the the mailbox entry but that wasn't because of what you were doing right no
1: the only issues that i've had here have been from the well i guess former landlord because our building is in foreclosure um which is lovely and then the tenant downstairs that had both spaces so it was all external are the only issues that we've had um other than that, I mean, everybody that's come in here has been, you know, once they walk in and they're like, okay, what is this? And then I explain it, they're like, oh, wow, this is awesome. And they'll walk through the space and they'll find the thing that they connect with and, and hang out for a while. So I've, you know, and even when we've had events here, you know, there's, there's never, we've not had a single issue. Even with kids, like, I think, the, I think the most fights that have occurred in here have probably been my kids fighting with each other. So it's it's been pretty amazing. Um, to see, like, almost every day there's a moment where I'm like, yep, this this is what it's supposed to be, and this is what it was meant to be, and this is why, and it's working. It's
0: working! It, you know, I get the feeling that it's sort of like the coolest, uh, you know, basement rec room that, you know, in the neighborhood, like, where all the kids want to go and congregate and hang out and play because there's stuff to do, but there's going to be you know, an adult present to tend to their needs and take care of them and make sure they're not setting things on fire and and whatnot. I mean, it's like, you know, I've seen pictures where you've had tables and they're cutting out things to make their own like, you know, Wonder Woman tiaras and stuff like that. So is there is there always like a set schedule as to what you're doing or do you kind of just like say here's stuff here's, you know, here's what you can play with.
1: We do both. Um, we do set classes where, um, like, when we did fairy garden, because there's a lot of supplies, and I wanted to make sure I had enough for everybody, so we did, like, fairy garden workshops. So there's, there's days where we have actual workshops um, where people have to sign up for in advance, and then there's days that we have open stuff. Um, and we're actually in the process of, of setting up our open time um, with more of a Makerspace feel. Um, where there'll be kits that are set up that people can go, okay, you know, we want to build a project and look at the projects and be like, okay, this is five bucks and I'm going to build this marshmallow catapult. And, you know, it'll have instructions and all the items in there. And then also, you know, we're here to help if needed um, so that they can pick what they want to do that day. Um, It's kind of organically formed that way because – kids will be, they'll see something and be like, can I, can I play with that? Or can I do something with that? And the latest thing is we got a lot of reclaimed wood from somebody and it's really amazing wood. It's, you know, boards and stuff. And my dad was cool enough to cut. We gave him a list of how to cut everything down and he cut all these boards down. And like my kid made like a tiny little TARDIS free library the other day, just built it together, just grabbed the hammer and the nails and, and, Figured out on a piece of paper what she was going to make, and then you know another kid made like a table for his little brother, and they were just like, "All right, we've got these boards," and they're looking at the different sizes and looking at you know the hammers and the nails, and they and they, I make them wear safety goggles um, all the time, which they laugh about because they're like, "We're painting." I'm like, "I don't care, put the safety goggles on. <laughs> One of you will throw a paintbrush, and I don't want somebody going blind." <laughs> so,
0: so um, can blind man and glitter can blind you. Uh,
1: so it's, it's become uh, it's kind of fluxed organically into more of a maker space when it comes to uh, to the arts and science and crafts.
0: That's so cool. That's, um, you, know, you said you've got, you've got help. You're, you know, your dad helps you or other, other people are around to help you. Um, I know that you haven't even I, – I mean, we're talking about kids a lot. Because it is such a, you know, intended to be a kid-friendly space, but you've also got things for adults, and you just did, a, you know, the semicolon yep. project in the shop. Sure. Like, how did that happen, and how, you know, what, did you have to get permits or something? Well,
1: to be right. honest, we probably should have gotten permits, but we didn't, because um, we're rebels like that. Um and I think that it was one of those spur-of-the-moment things where it was like, you know, I, always, I had always wanted to get, since I heard of the project, I'm like, I need to get that tattoo. Um, and then two of my friends out in LA got the tattoo together, and I was like, see, I, I need to do this. So I posted, I need to do this. And somebody else was like, I want to do that, too. And within a matter of, like, a week, um, we just kind of threw it together. And the guy that came out, uh, you know, in our back room is... Is sterile and you know it's, it's kitchen. So I mean everything's you know. Actually, I come from a medical background, um, so everything my sterilization is like medical grade, which is above food grade. But so that the food inspector loves me because when she comes in, I'm like, oh, yep, this is this this this, and she's like, yep, you're 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 overdoing it, but that's fine. Um, so he's set up in the back room uh, and. We had, you know, in the front, we had people that, you know, the, we had the, the waiting list and everything. So it was super private back there and, and clean. And, and we just had the space in front then where, you know, everybody could talk and uh, and wait. And, you know, some people just sat there and read a book. And some people told their story. And some people contacted me after with their story. And then we had this family, the first family that came in. um, Just and, and that moment, I knew that, no matter what happened that day that no matter if anybody else came in or if somebody came in and shut us down, that, that family made it all worth it. And it was, um, they had lost their son slash brother the month before. And so the mom and three daughters came in and all of them got the same tattoo and only one of the, the daughters had had tattoos before. So the rest of them, it was their first tattoo. And, uh, and just providing a space where they could do that and, and and have that moment was just I was yeah. <laughs> I got all all kinds of choked up because it was um it was really amazing to watch. You could see like the you could tell that they felt better after they got it, like they had that physical reminder of them. And it was cathartic for them. And just being able to provide a space for them to have that moment was amazing. And I was so honored to be able to do it.
0: So I'm going to read the description of what it is that we're talking about in case you've never heard of it. It's kind of like been a meme. So a, a lot of people that have just been in, in tune with, um, you know, Facebook and Twitter and, and uh, Pinterest and stuff like that have, might have heard of it already. But um, I just want to give like a little trigger warning in, um, because this is about self-harm issues. Uh, so I'm going to read from, it's called project Is it's their website, and what they describe uh, themselves as project semicolon or the semicolon project is a faith-based nonprofit movement dedicated to presenting hope and love to those who are struggling with depression suicide addiction and self-injury project semicolon exists to encourage love and inspire and the reason that they are called uh you know the semicolon project is because when you're writing grammatically uh, in in english anyway a sentence something comes after the semicolon you never end a sentence on a semicolon so um when you've hit that moment and you think that that is the end of your moment the semicolon is there to remind you that there's something coming after and you need to go on and you need to keep going after so on their website It's a really just incredible gallery of the tattoos that people are getting of semicolons because some of them are very plain, as you'd expect, but then other people are incorporating it as an element into other bigger graphic images. So there's a lot of semicolons with butterflies as if the semicolon itself is the body and then it has wings. And then there's, you know, people who who just like get it, you know, there's one where it's like a heartbeat rhythm and then... When it looks like a flat line, it ends with a semicolon saying, you know, hey, there's something that's supposed to come after this. So really creative expressions that people are using for something that started out simple. um, And then, you know, when you're talking to a tattoo artist, they 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 talk to you like the tattoo artists I've been to anyway. And um, I interviewed like my friend Buzz Hassan, who's a tattoo artist in Delaware. Like they want to know you and they want to know. Why I mean this image is going to be on your body, so they will help you in how to best express that. so Natalie has i mean, you had this amazing idea to then bring this into the Uber Dork cafe and and introduce it to people. so the people that came to you, did they know what it was already, or were you informing them for the first time, and they said, then they decided. Okay, I need to get that tattoo. They,
1: um, the people that came in to give the tattoo, knew the meaning behind it. Um, I had posted on the event a lot of information about it, and the amazing thing is, fifty um, percent of the people that came in had never heard of the cafe before. Um, had had a friend that had mentioned it, um, and or had heard about it through somebody who heard about it about somebody. Specifically in terms of the the project semicolon, um, so it was pretty or semicolon project. However, you choose to say it, I've seen it both ways. But um, project semicolons actually started in Green Bay here in Wisconsin. Um, the woman that started it, who did it in honor of her father, um, is somewhat local. It's like a two and a half an hour drive. But um, so yeah, it was it was interesting because some had never been here before, and probably wouldn't have found. Or thought of a reason to come in um, so it was it was interesting um to to watch the mix of people that you know that know the cafe and, and know the the significance behind it and um when i when I was talking to the girls about it, um I said you know there's almost anyone actually anyone can can struggle with these issues, and the thing is is it's not like you wear a cast or a brace or in a wheelchair you can't there's nothing on you that when somebody looks at you they can they can know that you're struggling um some we wear scars but sometimes we cover those up and it it really could apply to anybody no matter again it goes back to this whole you know no matter who you are what you like who you worship Nobody is immune to, to mental health issues um, and struggling with depression and self-esteem and, and self-worth and, and, and finding a place and feeling loved and, and all of that. And because the cafe is so much about providing a place for people that they walk in and they feel like they are accepted no matter what they like or what their interests are, is, it just kind of goes hand in hand. Like It made perfect sense to me.
0: I hadn't um, read too much about the, you know, the the history of how this project was started. And um, so looking at it now, Amy Bluel was the founder of it, and she got this tattoo uh, to honor her father who had taken his own life. So um, it's, you know, and and it explains on the website why she chose to consider it a faith-based, but she's kind of very general, like, you know it's not it's not preachy it's not proselytizing about her religion or anything um that it's about love and like you're saying it's self-love it's loving other people so um whether it it pertained to you or it or you were affected because of someone you love that's why people have been getting this done so she got it because of her father and now it's created this phenomenon all over all over the place and um because I can remember seeing things like people had different bracelets, like like not just those rubber bracelets, but I mean like thread mm-hmm. bracelets that that the different colors meant different things, and like red was for eating disorders, and um another one was like for self harm and stuff like that. So, you know that's they're these sort of cryptic things where it's like you have to be in the know, but on the other hand, it's a conversation starter if somebody wants to ask you about it. Exactly, um, I had
1: some. And one person on the event be like, you know, I don't need some stupid tattoo. I have the scars. And I'm like, I have the scars, too. But you know what? That tattoo is a conversation starter. And it's a conversation that definitely needs to happen in our country.
0: Definitely. I mean, it usually only comes up when there's um, a celebrity taken, you know. Oh, But luckily, the, uh, the transgender community is getting a bigger voice because they are so incredibly affected and often ignored and just marginalized. So, um, you know, that's that's why when you can take something and, like, I mean, you know, like I'm sort of hesitant to ever get into the faith issues because it's like, yes, but if you're following the Bible, they say not to even get tattoos. So, <laughs> it, you know, so it's just sort of like the faith as as it is to you and to your meaning. So, you know, the fact that there are trans, transgender people who have their own uh either belief system or none at all if they're they're atheist or um or if they're pagan like whatever whatever works for them Uh, but unfortunately it is so hard for that community Mm -hmm. to to find help so when so you you know you did this project and people got tattooed at your cafe so were the girls, like, were the kids there for this? Like, did, you, did they have questions? How did, how did you explain Mommy's tattoo?
1: Well, the girls were not here, unfortunately. But we, I did also print out temporary. I made temporary tattoos. So the family that had came in initially, one of the daughters had a little girl, and she got a temporary tattoo um, that matched her mom's then. Um, but I explained to the girls. And mine, the one that I chose to get is a semicolon, but the dot on the top is a heart. Um, which just kind of makes sense to me because our family motto and the cafe's motto pretty much is we're all about the love because no matter what face you are, what your belief system is, everything just kind of boils down to don't be a jackass and love one another. So, um, so I explained to the girls what, you know, a semicolon is and we, we talked about the project and everything and they were like, we want to get a tattoo. And I'm like, yeah, you can have the temporary tattoo, but you can't have a real one yet. Um, but yeah, it was pretty open and honest and they've been I showed them the website and everything and we talked about um about uh that there's you know there's people out there that and they've seen things, you know, there's been times in a movie or a show or something where it has come up. Um and uh actually they, they got on a glee kick and uh when it came time to one of the characters on there, um passed away in real life from uh, drug overdose and we talked about that and they were like I don't understand he was on the show and he was dating so-and-so and And I'm like that doesn't mean that there aren't issues going on on the inside I'm like sometimes people no matter how much fame or money or popularity or success they have they still aren't being true to themselves they still don't feel loved they still have they still don't have those you know it just doesn't connect there's still wiring issues going on or they just don't, they don't feel it. And when they don't feel it, then that's, that's really sad. So it's also why we smile at strangers because you never know what kind of day they're having.
0: And I love that philosophy. I, I, I love it because, um, ha, you know, I've, I've been that person where it's, you know, it's like one little thing can turn your day around like somebody in an elevator at a, you know, I was at a temp job. I was in a really strange city, and somebody in an elevator told me they liked my outfit, which was, like, outrageous. I mean, I I, I dress like a four-year-old dressed me. I mean, <laughs> if somebody were to ever label my style, I look like I'm waiting for ambush makeover. <laughs> and, you know, so this strange man in an elevator said that he really liked my, my outfit and my look, he's like, Oh, you're not from around here, are you? And I said, No, I'm, and he's like, Oh, you must be a New Yorker. And I was just like, Wow, that's flattering, but close, no, but close. You so, <laughs> It was just like, Yeah, it's just one of those, it, I was, I was so filled with anxiety every single day being in a city without my family and just scared all the time. And it was like, Thank you, strange person. I have no idea who you are. (laughs) You know, so, I mean, but when it comes to bringing any kind of awareness about these issues, like you're saying, this, you know, the the character from the actor from Glee had a drug condition, um, an addiction. But uh, Jared Padalecki just got all kinds of headlines because um, at Comic-Con, his fans honored him, like, very emotionally because he – he started talking about how he was on the successful TV series. And, like, early on, I mean, they're on, like, I don't know, 28 seasons <laughs> by now. But somewhere, like, around season three or something, he just sort of had, like, a meltdown. And his co-stars came in and just showed him compassion. And he, you know, he eventually, like, got back out on the set and just made the show. So he has his own campaign called, like, Always Keep Fighting. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes they don't, and we lose them like Robin oh, Williams. Oh, God, right? yeah, that
1: was the worst. That was the hardest, and that was hard on the girls, too, because um, one of my first crushes, because I'm not a normal person, was Mork when I was a kid. I thought Mork was amazing, um, and I've always really, really loved Robin Williams, and I got to actually meet him twice in my life. And uh yep was not let down at all by the meetings. Um, So it was really hard when he died to explain to the girls what had happened. Um, And it's still, it's one of those things, but, but, but why? And, and that's, it's, it's so hard to explain to kids that there's things that are going to happen in life that you will never know why There that's not having, especially for grace because she is so logical and she needs to, to read and find that answer. Not having that answer is so hard for her sometimes so, it, yeah, that, Robin Williams was a rough one in our household.
0: I think that was a rough one just globally because, it, you know, like everybody had obviously known about his history with drugs, but that was so long ago. And then he was just the funny guy. He was just, he was there. Uh, on, I mean, he did some very, very dramatic movie roles, no doubt about it. Um, but I was watching, you know, the crazy one, mm-hmm. and I, oh. and I, him and his interaction with Sarah Michelle Gower, I'm like, they're incredible together. And then it's like, poof, it's just not. It's just he's not going to bring that happiness to anybody ever again. Right. I mean, it's I'm, you know, I'm sorry, we're such a downer <laughs> people. You know, these are you know, we look to these pop culture things as ways to get through life, whether it's, you know, Jared Pedalaki or Robin Williams or um uh Stephen amel Amel from uh Arrow. You know, he's he's really super awesome with his fans. John Barrowman, another one super the awesome. The girls with fans. got to meet him last year.
1: <laughs> and they can't tell everyone they meet. It's the first thing is are are you a Hoovian? And then the second thing is we got to meet Captain Jack.
0: <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah, Um so, you know, we, we sort of need our pop culture and our entertainment and stuff. And I had mentioned that, you know, among the, the crafts and things that you, you do with the kids is, uh, you know, you have like homemade Wonder Woman crafts and things like that. So right now in comics and with movies and stuff, there's, there's a lot of arguing, a lot of debating on whether characters are, good role models or whether they're not and you know how do you work with the kids and um you know maybe explaining things like you know if they see pictures of Wonder Woman and she's got giant boobs or something and it's like you know but you want to take the the aspects of her that make her an icon and say but here's why you know but here's why we're going to make Wonder Woman things today.
1: Wonder Woman's kind of an easy one um and it's funny because out of every kid, be it, you know, tween or teen or a little um it's not the the boobs have never really come up with her. Like her awesomeness in general is everything but the boobs. And and I don't I don't know why that is, um but I love it. Um Wonder Woman's huge in our house. We have a giant when you walk in, our, we have a giant Wonder Woman on our living room wall. I mean, and Grace at four was giving the poor woman at, I think we were at Walmart at Halloween and she was giving this poor woman who worked there a lecture on how the licensed DC Wonder Woman costume was not accurate. Um, so it's, she's been a part of our lives um, and their lives since they were, they were born. And in and, and here it's just kind of, it's, it's not a huge thing. Um, it, her having boobs is not as big of a thing as why is she one of the only ones? Um, and that's, that's amazing to me that, that the biggest issue to them is the fact that there's a lack of females. It's not even how the females that are there are portrayed. It's the, it's the you know, yeah, Wonder Woman's so badass, we only need one Wonder Woman. But at the same time, it's like, but she'd probably like a friend. <laughs> so, yeah, it's weird. And I think that kids go for the, you know, a lot of times of their exposure to comics. Um, and we, we were actually the, we're the first... Um, location in the, as far as I was told by them, the entire country um, that was allowed to be a official free comic book day location, that wasn't a library or a comic retail shop. So this year we actually were a designated free comic book day location. Um, And I think that when you kids are exposed to the the comic book characters, it's it's on the, the the cartoon level or the, the the younger versions of them, so they don't quite see the dark versions yet.
0: Okay, yeah, and I um I was just in Kohl's yesterday, and I took a picture because it was a display of girls' underwear, and yes, girls certainly like Batman and they like Ninja Turtles and they like the Avengers, but. You know, it's like, okay, I will forgive them for something like Batman-symboled underwear instead of being just him, just, you know, just the Batman symbol. Like, they were supposed to look like his briefs, like, with the belt clip, the mm-hmm. belt buckle. Uh, um, but when I saw the Avengers underwear, and it was all the male character Avengers yeah. on underwear, can I t- like, literally, I was so pissed. Beyond, like, it was ridiculous. Like, the only female superhero was Wonder Woman alone by herself on a pair, which I thought, okay, well, these are really super cute. But all the rest were non-female superheroes. None of the Ninja Turtles, even, even for turtles, they're boys.
1: Right. It's, yeah, and that's so frustrating. I know the the sad thing is the one series of shirts I've seen done right was at Walmart. Um, and they had multiple girls together. It was Wonder Woman, Supergirl, and I can't remember who the third person was. Um, And it was girl power and very, very, very female positive. Um, All of them. And, like, one of them, I think, was even, like, a girl's night out, which was really cute and really amazing. But, yeah, I mean, it's, like, Grace was at Target with her dad last weekend, and she sent me a text. And she was like, what the heck? They have Wonder Woman in like little girl sizes, but I can't get Wonder Woman underwear. <laughs> it's like she was really upset they didn't have her size. Um, but she was excited that they had it there. So it's it's that you're torn. You're like, "Yay, they have that, but it's just not quite right. It's not quite right."
0: Are you going to uh you know, since I know that you you surf the internet, you know carefully with with the girls i know like facebook was like a big deal and everything um dc has launched its superhero girls website and there's not much on there but little bios about the characters for now and i know that they've sent out some promotional items like they sent out a shirt to one of the bloggers you know with it where it has just the the female characters on it so are is that the sort of thing that you're going to show them on the internet that it's superhero girls and like look here that's they the are that's the first
1: thing I posted on Grace's little Facebook wall was the link to that and um I know there's you know you can look at it and I know I've heard that's not how Harley is and I've, I've heard a lot of I mean it's there's a double edged sword with anything anything at this point when it comes to to women in comics there's this double edged sword of, of look they did this but it's still not good enough for us um they did this, but it's still not quite right. Um, I kind of, I kind of like the, I kind of like what they're doing with them. Um, could it be better? Yes. Could it be worse? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, should we be happy that you know that's a step? I think so. So I am giving them. Yeah, I gave the so Grace has full access to to, to that site, and she's very excited, and and she's pretty good at judging when she feels like something's not talking to her right. Um, and she would, she would be the first one to be like, Mom, I just don't, I don't understand this. It's, that's not something she would do or something she would say, and that doesn't seem right. So I'm kind of gauging her reaction to see how it truly is, because it's not geared toward me. It's geared toward her.
0: So as far as um, it being geared toward her, though, um, when there's a flaw that noticeable like you know kids are pretty impressionable they might not even realize when something is making an impression so like i'm one of the people like the only thing that i found really wrong with the dc super superhero girls right now is their description yeah. of harley not her i think she's adorable she's super cute but um i i was really upset at the language that i read on how they described her uh, you know, this is something for young girls, she's supposed to be a teenage girl, and they're using words like unhinged. And um, it, you know, I'm not sure that that's the best kind of way to describe somebody who's carefree, you know, they're trying to sort of make her um, seem obviously like less structured. But I think they sort of approached some territory there, where they're taking the adult Harley, who's been, you know, depending on the story, seen a like, you know, even the the Amanda Connor version, like they had her tattooed with like 5150, which is yeah, the, the the
1: federal form for, for
0: having the the you are um, yeah. a danger, you know, you are mentally ill if you get your 5150. So, you know, I think they're sort of they've introduced this line to girls who I think are probably not really the best audience for that, that the way that they're handling it, you know, like, I just think they could be handling it better because of their target. Right.
1: And just, well, just the term unhinged leaves it very open as to what, what does unhinged mean? I mean, it's, it's, it's so vague and yet so open for interpretation that it. I agree. I get, that's it's it's. I mean, it's. I guess she. They could just call her the rebel. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the word rebel. There's good rebels and there's bad rebels. I mean, it, and rebel just means somebody who he doesn't follow along on the, a straight line all the time and questions authority.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that something fell through the cracks there, and. And it, it does—it does sort of like get to me when people say, "Oh, stop complaining. Be happy that there's something there at all." I'm like, imagine if we were talking about a discussion on on other forms of diversity. Like, we'll just be happy that there's an Asian character <laughs> at all.
1: <laughs> the token Asian.
0: <laughs> she portrayed her like crap. Don't you think that the Asian community would be upset? Right. <laughs> I mean,
1: right. And that's and that's no. that double-edged sword that we fall into. If we open our mouths and say that this isn't good enough, we'll just be happy that you have it then. Um, and it's and I think raising to I I notice now how especially as Grace is about to enter middle school, how super sensitive I've become over everything to do with women and how they're portrayed in the media and just everywhere and how we're, they're treated in general. Like it's I'm like ultra heightened on it, and I also feel. Somewhat it, – it's hard not to get discouraged and be like, I'm raising two girls in a country that doesn't value them the way they should be valued, and there's only so much I can humanly do about it. How do I fix that? How do I tell them that it's not okay that they're treated that way and and change it when I'm just one
0: person? Well, didn't one of them, like, want to be president, like, three years ago? Oh, yeah, ago? <laughs>
1: absolutely. She still does. Actually, she got to be uh, – they do this thing that was great. She did, they do this thing um, through Junior Achievement called BizTown, where all these local companies like Coles uh, and like Chase Bank and and Culvers and stuff. They do this 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 town where there's an actual newspaper and there's a a food store and there's a department store and there's a, a newspaper and Harley's one of our big sponsors too um, for this. Um, so they have to run this town. Like there's people that work, you know that work at the bank and work at the, here there grace got voted to be the mayor so she actually ran this town and i had i bumped into a mom at uh it was at, at some school event that had been there that day and she said oh my gosh she stole the entire day and that was the best mayor that they had ever had like the people that ran this town were like that is the best mayor we've ever had And then we said that she'd be really good at politics because she's very um She's very logical, but she has such a huge heart, which is a weird combination. It would be like if Spock was kind of squishy. Um, so she knows right from wrong, and she knows that something needs to be done, and she's got that compassion. And she's got enough, like, logic and, and smarts to figure out a way to make that happen. Um, but, yeah, so she got to be mayor. And the day of it, she was like, I don't know, it's a really big responsibility. Do I need to wear a pantsuit? I don't do pantsuits. I'm like, it's, it's, not, I don't, it's not a real town, and I think you can probably dress how you want to. But she was very concerned about being able to run this town.
0: Cool. She's like a little Leslie yep, Nope. Yeah, she is. She's so
1: a Leslie Nope. It doesn't help that we make waffles. We waffle everything here. So, yeah, we're very
0: Nope esque. That is awesome. All right. Well, before that I let you go, um, is there anything that you want to talk about with the cafe at all that we missed? No, not really. I'm just happy to talk to you. <laughs> So where can people find information about Uberdoor Cafe and find out, like, your hours and your schedule and events like that? So
1: we have a Facebook page, which is www.uberdorkcafe.com. And then we have a Facebook page, which is Facebook backslash Uber Dork Cafe. Um, I I have a process of things because I am one person doing all of this. Um, and a single mom to boot Uh, things tend to make it on facebook before they make it on the website like all the general information on the website is there um, who we are what we do um, what's available but our events don't always make it there as timely as i'd hoped Um, but every other friday this is one of the fridays we have a, a family movie night that does this friday we're doing young sherlock Holmes, and there's always a craft that goes along with it and popcorn and it's fun and We've had a lot of families come in, and, like, sometimes the the parents will sit there and game while the kids watch the show and and do the craft, and it's usually, like, our standing thing, and uh, so we do it every other Friday. So that's, like, the one consistent thing that we do. (laughs) Everything else is, oh, that sounds fun. Let's do this.
0: Well, it's really cool because, um, because you are in Milwaukee. There are, like, you know... There's gonna be bad weather some days and some Fridays, and you're gonna need something to do. <laughs> it's, yes, you know, just go outside. It's good to have to have a schedule of indoor activities because we we even have like at Comic Fusion, there's um, there's regular gaming events, but they do like you know the midday events will usually be um, for younger gamers or introduction to gaming. Which like is awesome. That.
1: Yeah, we have D and D 101 and 201. Uh, the Saturday with a really good DM we have a new
0: one who's amazing do you have any local conventions that you go to we we
1: do actually well we had Fantasticon last October which is where the girls got to meet Barrowman and um, I have a side project called Geeks Gone Mom which is a podcast well it's supposed to be a podcast but we haven't actually done a podcast in a very long time but it's three of us moms um, and then some that you know we're grew up geeks and now we've got kids um. so we did uh, we did a panel at Fantastic Con and we actually that one was on Gamergate and then we've got Winter Winter uh, Gaming Convention we did a panel there um, we have Milwaukee Anime which we did not make it to this year we have yeah we have a lot of little cons around here which are pretty amazing um, so hopefully we'll become more and more involved and do more kids stuff for them and I did Paranormal Convention I did we did all the food for it and it was really amazing
0: Oh, that's so fun, and and you know you have continued free comic book day right in your own shop. So that's yeah, awesome. and we did
1: tabletop gaming day here. We had uh, the there's a woman that actually runs midwinter gaming, uh, and she's amazing, just amazing, Anne Holmes, and she uh she did the ga- she, did, she did the gaming for our tabletop gaming day. Um, so on the May the fourth, we had Rob Wheeland do, uh, we did Rebel Alliance. We ran uh, the RPG here because he helped write it. Um, and it was really funny because the first thing that my two daughters, of course, tried to do was kidnap Chewbacca. Um, and then they're like, fine, we'll take Leah. Cause Chewbacca was, you know, too strong for them to be able to, to roll to take. So then they stole Leah. <laughs> Fantastic.
0: So what other things um, then are you guys looking forward to? You know, it's we're we're in the summer of 2015, and I know that um, it seems like a lot of the nerd things aren't, you know, I don't know if there's anything left coming up for this year or if everything's like next year. Any like movies and exciting TV shows? Oh, that you Star Wars is
1: the yeah, Star- the new Star Wars is definitely the biggest thing in our family. My kids are like, we will camp out, we will be there, it'll be a thing. Um but in terms of, like, the cafe, our biggest thing is is uh, we will be looking for a new location closer to Milwaukee. And we've got the first round of our nonprofit done, and now we are applying for our 501c3. So that's a huge thing for us and a big step for us. Um, this is always a starter location for us. So um, being able to get to the point where we're looking at moving into the city where we're closer to kids that need that extra um, like inner city youth need coding classes and they need places to come and hang out and game and, and just be rather than, um, you know, there's not, there's not a lot. So having a space where they can learn things and, and be who they want to be and, and stuff is important. So that's what's on the horizon for us.
0: And where can people follow you on, on Twitter? On Twitter,
1: I am uberdarkgirly.
0: Them. Well, Natalie, thank you for this time. I know that you've got a busy day, of course, and this, like I said, I mean, I'm just grateful that we managed to figure it out after Me all these years. Me too.
1: This was super fun. Hopefully, we can do it again sometime.
0: Absolutely. I'm just, I'm so thrilled that you got to be here. Um, so, guys, don't forget to look up Uber Dork Cafe online and follow Uber Dork Girlie. Um, I'm sure she'd be more than happy to answer your questions about recommendations on, like, nerdy, crafty things to do with your kids this summer. So um, you can follow me, of course, at Elizabeth Amber on Twitter, or just go to amberunmasked.com, and you can see all of the other content. If you go to patreon.com slash amberunmasked and you become a backer, then um, a lot of announcements are made there first to the backers, and then um, then they're made publicly. So Natalie, thanks once again. And thanks for listening, guys. Cheers.